Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. This is episode 22. Our title today is Simply Looking. Yes, um, my faithful canine companion, Justice, is lying here at my feet as we record this. And we call it Simply Looking because typically when you're looking at the 3rd of January of a new year, you look forward. What's ahead? What's down the road? But I'm going to just look a little bit backwards, maybe a little bit forwards. We'll see as time unfolds. First of all, January 3rd is a special day for me. Uh, It would have been my paternal grandfather's 134th birthday. Now, that may not sound like a notable thing to to, to acknowledge, particularly given the fact that he died five years before I was born. But nevertheless, it does give me some context into where I fit and how things fit in this world today. My grandfather Earl was born in 1887. My maternal grandfather, Forrest Winter, was born in 1900. Uh, so, You know, he would have been 121 next month. But it does give me some context. My grandfather, both grandfathers, in fact, uh, were born before Henry Ford decided to mass-produce automobiles. There had been starts and stops and spasmodic efforts to build automobiles in, in the years prior to the turn of the century. But it wasn't until 1903 that Henry Ford developed the assembly line and made it possible for automobiles to be available uh, for everyone, or many people at least, a broader segment of the populace uh, than before. Also, 1903 was the year those bicycle boys from Dayton, the Wright brothers, decided to see if, if a heavier-than-air craft could fly. You know, prior to that, uh, all airborne efforts required lighter than aircraft, dirigibles, balloons, things of that nature. But the Wright brothers and their short little flight at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, proved or developed or demonstrated that a heavier than aircraft could work. And think about, too, My grandfather Earl's birth in 1887 was 11 years after Alexander Graham Bell uh, developed a a wired communication capacity we call the telephone today. So all these things are in context for me. We're talking about my grandparents just two generations ago. Unfortunately, I lost my father in 2003. And he was born in 1919 and, and saw a lot of things come his way, too. Think about it. My, my father was born in 1919. Uh, women got the right to vote in the nation in 1920. Now, prior to that, Wyoming had allowed women to vote. And also prior to that, a woman had been elected to Congress even without the female vote. But nevertheless, 1920 marked the point where women were given the right to vote on a national scale. And so all the things in context, what my grandparents and my parents uh, grew up with and, and lived with, 
I was born in 1946, a year after the war. Ended, not quite a year, about nine months after the war ended. You can do the math yourself. Anyway, I've seen a lot of things change in my entire lifetime. And I guess when we look at going forward or looking back, it's always helpful to have some kind of context. You know, it seems that at times we become slaves to the technology that surrounds us. And part of that is because our technological improvements are coming along so quickly and so fast that we spend so much time trying to master and understand them that we lose the real purpose and the use for them. And I'm thinking particularly of the cell phone in this regard where people seem to be slaves to their phones. I constantly, you know, when I'd go watch my grandkids play soccer or any other kind of a sport, I'd be seeing people I'd be seeing people standing on the sidelines, parents, grandparents, whatever, gazing into their cell phones or texting messages or whatever, rather than just sitting down and enjoying the game and the benefits of watching their children or grandchildren uh, do something at physical and athletic. So we have become to a degree slaves of our technology. I used to teach uh, mass communication courses at Bowling Green State University, and one of the courses I taught was the introduction to mass communication. I recall that one of the numbers was TCOM 103. Uh, It also had a number for the journalism school, but nevertheless, one of the things I used to emphasize to them was that history of my grandparents, how in my awareness the awareness of the lifetime of my grandparents, all these things had developed and come forward to the point where today technology, we take it for granted. On the other hand, all these developments were so stark and so different and altered our lifestyles. Let me give you a personal example about being slaves to our new technology. When I was in high school, uh, it was a country school, a consolidated school, Mohawk High School. We lived 13 miles from the school, so it was a given that you had to have a car. Every kid had to have a car, particularly those of us who had after-school activities. We needed a means of coming back and forth because obviously our parents, mostly being farm folks, couldn't take time out from the field or milking cows to drive 13 miles to pick us up and then bring us home again. So everybody had to have a car. And that's sort of the same thing I see today with my grandchildren, who range in age from 23 all the way down to 8. They have to have their cell phones, and in many respects, they're captivated by them. Uh, They're prisoners of their technology. Uh, Game playing has become a big thing now. Rather than physically going outside and playing football or basketball or baseball or whatever or gardening, uh, now they sit and play games on their phones. And I got to admit, I'm an old fogey. Uh, My gaming ended, uh, well, it began with Pong and ended with Pac-Man. So I don't quite appreciate the, I guess, how do I put it, the intensity with which they uh, go to their gaming and, and in fact, I think some of them are downright mind 
destroying. But again, that may be an old man's perspective and, and maybe not reality. But it seems at some point, at some point, we're allowing the technology, the movement, the development, the fast pace of what's going on to drag us along. We're losing our self-will. We're losing our ability to design our own path if we succumb to the lure of new technology and what it what it's doing. Yes, I think it's a great thing that we're able to communicate instantly with anyone, anywhere across the globe. But are we doing anything meaningful with that communication? Are we getting into depth? Are we examining nuance? Are we aware of all the variables that may impact our communication? Are we merely just saying, hi, happy to see you, have a good day type of thing where it's all superficial with no depth? And that's what I fear. That's what I fear with where we're at. We're losing our ability to think, reason, and and work our own way through problems and difficulties and issues because of this instant communication thing we have. Uh, it's more meme-developed, one-liner kind of developed. I'm, I'm active on Facebook. I must admit, I must confess that I'm that type of communicator in that broader medium. Every once in a while, I write a column or write a, a, a longer piece uh, where I try to think things through and get a little more depth, and it gets responses. And I'm surprised that, that that people, some people at least, are willing to read it all the way through. Though with as many friends as I have online, uh, not all of them read them, and certainly not all comment uh, about what they've read. But it seems like we're moving along too fast, too quickly, with too much shallowness, not enough depth to really work things through and get that. We want instant gratification. We want immediate results. Uh, and I guess that that's sort of reflects our lifestyles now. I can remember, as you probably can too, or many of you can, when TV dinners were a thing. They were a treat. Now it seems like if you don't own a microwave, you'll starve to death. It's just the nature of the way we've gone and how we demand instant gratification all the time, or at least an instant resolution of our immediate problem as we perceive it. And so the difficult problems, the ones that challenge us, like saving our sovereignty as individuals, like preserving our freedom and liberty as a nation, sort of get shoved aside because we can't think of or we can't design an, a way to instantly acquire that. And I think that's why we may become not only slaves of our own technology, but may become slaves of our own unwillingness to go deeper than what the current milieu allows us to do. So uh, a little, I guess, a little whining on my part here as we start the new year, but uh, I think it's 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 difficult these days because things are going so fast, so quickly that we lose the context. We lose the fact that my grandfathers were both born before Henry Ford's 
automobile setup assembly line came along. My grandfathers were both born before the Wright brothers had their first flight. We lose context as we keep looking forward to the next new thing, the next instant, the next best thing to talk about. I really didn't want to depress you or get too personal on this uh, first podcast of 2021. But it, to me, it's, it's something I ponder as I sit here and think ahead and look ahead to what's coming down the road. 2020 certainly was not a good year, particularly for small businesses and the what I would call the the upper and lower middle class. He's been squeezed from both ends. It's an old line, an old socialist line, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And that's sort of the way we've gone when you look at how some states treated the lockdowns and absolutely crushed small business. But the essential places like your Walmarts and your Kroger stores and your grocery stores were allowed to remain open And their employees were the lower brand of the pay scale, yet they managed to keep their jobs while the small business people, the self-employed people, were suffered and beat on by the various governors in their efforts to lock down the state. Yes, the COVID has been a, a, a devastating thing, but maybe the reactions and the ways of dealing with the COVID in the long run, are going to be much more devastating for individual liberty, much more devastating for small individual economic development through small businesses, and devastating may be on the psyche of our people because we fear trying something new because we know the power of the state can come in and crush it and destroy it. And uh, maybe that's going to be our next show. We'll talk a little bit about how we can really overcome uh, the heavier hand of government, the heavier hand of the regulators and the licensors and people of that nature. But I think we're, we're creeping into a new era here thanks to COVID. Well, have a better day than I've given you. And remember, to live free and be free. This is Living Liberty Today. I'm Charlie Earle.